Sans Pants Radio, Australia's least coherent podcast network. Episode 100 Mega Series commencement of Total Reboot, a celebration of cinema and a celebration of one of the most interesting actors of all time. <laughs> I didn't say greatest, he just may as well be, but it is undeniable that he is the most interesting actor of all time. I'm Alexi Toliopoulos and no longer sitting across the city from me, but sitting across the room from me is my dearest and bestest friend, Cameron James. It's an actual honour, mm-hmm. privilege and pleasure to be in the same room as you right now. The vibe is electric. The we can't stop smiling. psycho. <laughs> <laughs> we have lost our minds. We have skitzed out mm-hmm. in here. We're loving it because... For the last, like, nearly three months, we've just been doing this remotely. Yeah. I've been sat in my freaking bedroom in DVD studios. Yes. Um, headphones on, looking at your gorgeous little punim mm-hmm. on, uh, <laughs> on a phone screen. <laughs> on a phone screen. And now I get to see it in the flesh. And it's the same? It's the same, but it's cooler. It's cooler. I got cooler. You got way cooler during quarantine. I am one of the few people that flourished <laughs> because a lot of people were living my everyday life of staying home, watching movie 24-7. Yeah. And they can't hack it. I've been yeah. training. Yeah. And I can absolutely hack it. I could thrive in it. And I've seen, <laughs> I've seen so many flicks. My mind runs at 24 frames per second right now. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, it's My awesome. My runs at 60 frames per second, okay. which is the exact same definition as some high-quality GIFs yes. that I can send to you of certain illicit acts <laughs> that adults do behind closed doors. Oh, God. Well, whatever they do behind closed doors is none of my business, but it's all of my interest. <laughs> <laughs> we have been doing this now for 100 freaking eps. 100, the sexiest number, is something that we've talked about privately, but to put it out there publicly, yes. we think 69 drools, 100 is way sexier. 69 drools, 100 Rules. Yeah, because the one reminds you, of course, of a stiff shaft penis. A stiffened penis, if you will. Yeah, if you were to be aroused by some high-quality gifts and you were to have a penis, mm-hmm. it would become erect and it would look much like the number one. The number one, the first number of the numerical alphabet, which yeah. is what I call numbers. Yeah. And it does, it is phallic. It's one of the most phallic numbers. Definitely. Probably second only to seven. And that's a little bit about me. <laughs> you got a bend in there. I got a little bend in there. And it's like the European seven where, yes, there is a cross in the middle. <laughs> can't explain that. Can't explain that. I don't know what it is. Never got it checked out. I just think it's fun. It looks a bit weird. And it's interesting. 
It's ribbed. It's undeniably interesting. Undeniably, it's one of the most interesting penises in the world. <laughs> so you got you got that one, and then you got two zeros, which, depending on where you grew up, could either represent mm-hmm. breasts or buttocks. Buttocks, depending on what your sexuality is. Yeah. You could be a bisexual person, and you're looking at it, and you're going, this is turning me on even more than you can imagine, because it reminds me of male buttocks, yeah. female buttocks, and male breasts, and female breasts. <laughs> and male balls. <laughs> yes, and male balls, holes, if you will, And everything. female eyes. Eyes, of course, the gateway to the soul. And yeah. I stare through it at 24 frames per second, baby. <laughs> so, actually, maybe the sexist number is 1 million, because it's a <laughs> stiff penis. And then you can apply all of that to all the others. <laughs> or if you're really dirty, one million and one. Oh, oh yeah. Mm. That's awesome. Now that's the kind of stuff that we talk about on this podcast when we're not talking about film. But we most... not, we mostly talk about film, but mm-hmm. sometimes we will talk about how sexy certain numbers are. Yes. Uh yeah. you know, we we do carry the one. And when we carry the one, we shift it around a little bit. Yeah. And sometimes we carry the seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We shift it around a little bit. <laughs> But we talk about freaking movies, and we have so for 100 freaking episodes mm. of Total Reboot and 100 episodes of other stuff as well. Okay, we talk about movies a whole damn lot. <laughs> but one person that we have not talked about so much in an official capacity mm. is someone who is still a patron saint of this podcast, mm. a patron saint of cinema, a patron saint of insanity as applied to film. We're talking, of course, in celebration of an actor known as Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage, formerly Nicolas Coppola, also known as the California Klaus Kinski. This guy Mm -hmm. is nouveau shamanic. This guy is a verified psycho. Twitter verified. This guy (laughs) is awesome. This guy owns a pyramid. He lives in New Orleans. He'll make any movie that you throw at him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nicholas Cage is one of the early actors that has made a movie because a script was thrown at his head <laughs> and then the camera started rolling it. He was like, well, I guess <gasps> I'm- Who's my character? I'm in the movie now. <laughs> okay, fly me to Bulgaria. Let's make it. A lot of people have been requesting we do some Nicolas Cage stuff over the like last couple of years for us. Mm-hmm. And we've avoided it because it's so... It's so immense yes. to tap into Nick Cage, to get mm-hmm. locked in the cage. It is quite a task because he is not easily definable. There yes. are so many actors out there you can go, oh, yeah, he's a famously bad actor and that's why it would be funny to talk about him. Mm-hmm. Or they're a famously great actor and that's why it would be funny to talk about them. Nick Cage is both. Yeah. He is he capable of being the worst and one of the greats. He is capable of being chameleonic and becoming a character and expressing a real person, a la Charlie Kaufman in adaptation and really embodying a real person. You watch and go like, that's a real person he's playing. Mm. He can also play fucking Woody Woodpecker in Raising Arizona Mm. or one that I love, a movie that he made with his fucking uncle, Frankie, Frankie Ford, Frankie Ford Coppola, his uncle, Uncle Frank. His freaking uncle, dude. A movie called Peggy Sue Got Married. And he does something in that movie that I lack the vocabulary to describe. And I have studied film for almost half a decade officially and unofficially my whole dang life. Yeah. And I don't even know how to describe what he does in that movie, except it is extremely interesting. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, that's the only real way to describe him is that he is he is incredibly interesting, mm-hmm. and I think that w- the movie we're starting on today for our Locked in the Cage festival, it stands out to me because in the 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 decades that Nicolas Cage has been on screen, very rarely has he reined it in. Yeah. And this movie, I mean, the guy's last name is Reigns in this movie, and yes. he actually does fucking rein it in yes. and shows you what he is capable of doing when he is playing a, a mostly realistic human being. And a movie star a movie performance. Star. This is a movie star performance, and it kind of comes right around that era where you are seeing Nicolas Cage as a marquee star. Yes. Um, in the wake of the Bruckheimer movies. and the Yes. And by the way, Nicolas Cage has so many different eras, and we will be touching on a few different eras of Nicolas Cage in this mini-series. And we'll do a couple of Patreon thingies to kind of get around some other stuff. Who knows? But he is someone that is such an enigmatic star starting from weirdo small character mm. roles to interesting leading man roles to ex- to funny comic leading man roles then action star action star and like that's when i become aware of him mm-hmm. and i think that's probably why we're starting with gone in 60 seconds yes because this is like for people of our age group this is the Nicolas Cage that we first met yeah we didn't know peggy sue got married until a bit later probably yes you go back in time, you start seeing like Raising Arizona. The Nicolas Cage I first ever encountered was The Rock, Face Off, mm-hmm. Con Air, and Gone in 60 Seconds. Yeah. Action Star Cage. Action Star Cage. Uh, so that's why we're starting here, and also because this is a remake of a 1970s classic. And I had seen both of these movies contemporaneously back in the day. I saw, like, truly. We are, this movie is a great one to start with, and I didn't realize how much it was so in the pocket of everything that we enjoy and love. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, this whether this movie is good or not, it will be hard to say because it ticks every fucking box I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. And I've just moved yeah. house, so i got a lot of fucking boxes at the moment. Yeah, I'm looking at them. They're I'm sitting in a room full against of the wall and shit. <laughs> I can see them. I'm sitting in a cave of boxes right yeah, now. Dude. And this movie ticks every goddamn one of them in such a satisfying way, but in a way that I feel like this movie exists to for me and you. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. no other one, no one else, basically. Yeah, I I saw it at the movies. Oh, get out! The year two thousand, and I haven't thought about it or rewatched it mm-hmm. a single day since yes. I saw it. <laughs> twenty <laughs> years 20 have gone years by. Have sadly come and gone. The Earth yep. has rotated around the sun twenty times. I guess I don't know how that times. works. Twenty times, and not a single second of that time have I thought about this movie. Yeah, but today when I watched it again. For the first time in 20 years, mm-hmm. I knew it off by heart. Yes. <laughs> God almighty. I knew line readings from it. Yes. I knew, I knew beats. I knew needle drops. Mm-hmm. Every, it's like somehow it stayed in my head. Yeah. It, that's the power of Nicholas. And yeah. I'm not going to call him Cage. I'm just going to call him Nicholas. Yeah. Oh, Saint Nick himself. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this, both of these movies seeing them on DVD. These were some of my oh. first DVD memories. Yeah. And DVD memories is my memoir. <laughs> DVD Memories is a book that I'm writing about myself, my autobiography. (laughs) (laughs) DVD Memories, this is one of them. This would be one of the first chapters of DVD Memories, is um, my cousin had seen Gone in 60 Seconds, Mm. the Nicolas Cage film starring Giovanni Vivarisi and Angela Minono Jolie. 
and Delroy Lindo. I will not fuck up his name because I have immense amount of respect for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, he saw that movie and he's like, this is one of the sickest flicks you're ever going to see. This is, movie is so fucking sick. It is balls to the wall. It is fucking carnage shit, dude. Like really just going in like this is a hectic film. It's like, I'm going to show you a really hectic film. And he got the DVD and he like pop it in a player. And he's like, we're about to have a hectic experience together. And it was the original movie from the 70s. <laughs> So it's like this teenager and then this like preteen just bored out of their fucking mind by this slow, really weird, low budget, independent 70s car chase movie. Mm. Um, and I remember just being like, this sucks. This mm. is one of the first movies I've not enjoyed. <laughs> and then was the, your cousin humiliated? He was humiliated. He was yeah. absolutely humiliated by this experience. Going like, oh, I promise you, it's not this how movie. The fuck did he, how did he fuck that up? I need to know because, like, you rented it from the mm. video shop, presumably. Yes, we rented it from the DVD and store. How do you not see the front cover and go, "That's clearly not Nicolas Cage"? So this is also my first reboot experience. Most of my first, our first coming away of a remake. We remakes were not that common back then, especially for dumbass kids. That's like, we true. didn't know what a remake is. Yeah, we're not living in the fucking... No way, dude. We barely like... even know what our own freaking, like, butt looks like. Yeah, because we haven't looked in the mirror at our butt. Like, that's true. We can have an estimate. We've felt it. Definitely we've felt <laughs> it. Looks like a couple of zeros, I imagine. <laughs> a couple of zeros, maybe a tiny zero in the middle from something that I've been feeling. <laughs> it's just this one little decimal or something. It's yeah, like, maybe decimal. It's like zero decimal zero. Yeah, like, like perfect zero. And on the front, one and then two little zeros. <laughs> <laughs> Two little zeros beneath that. Or like an like eight a turned on its side. Like infinity something. Yes, they connected in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> but then we didn't know what jack shit about remakes. We didn't know what they were. They weren't commonplace. They weren't spoken about. And so this was also a case, much like when a book, a, a, an old book become a movie, mm. they make the book look like the movie poster. Oh, right, right, right. So they had done that with the, this original movie. The cover looked fucking sick and everything looked like modern font and stuff like that <laughs> and so we were like sick this is the sick movie and we're like no this is the shit movie <laughs> and um uh and then he, we got the went to back to the dvd store we made a huge complaint well you give us this fake movie did you make this did you swede this dude did you be kind <laughs> rewind me dude are you out there sweeting movies you see a sick movie and you go i'm gonna go make this by myself independently and he's like, no, I'm not sweating you. This is actually called a remake. Let me introduce you to this. And then my eyes blew up. I'm like, this is going to be my rest of my life dedicated to this. <laughs> dedicated to dismantling this very thing. And um, I rewatched this original Gone in 60 Seconds movie. And let me tell you, it's amazing to go back and watch something and then go to your fucking 11-year-old self or however old I was when this movie came mm. out on DVD and be like, holy shit, dude, you were bang on the money. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was so... It's so... It's fascinating, though. Basically, the whole thing, it's 1970s independent film. Um, it is made by this guy called H.B. Halicki. And he it is an app. This movie, this whole episode is so in the pocket of everything you and I, you and I, are interested about because this is like Birdemic. This is a vanity project. Hmm. This guy was, uh, he had done some stunt stuff, but that's not his main gig. He owned like a junkyard and an impound, so he had access to hundreds of cars. <laughs> he was a co- car collector. Mm-hmm. He was a gearhead, a rev head. And yeah, like he would have watched Top Gear. He would have if he's like back the Stig. In, he's basically the Stig. That's awesome. Uh, but he is Stig from an early area. Uh, so he is a 
prehistoric stig, so I would call him the Stegosaurus. Okay, awesome. And that's based on a dinosaur. That's really so cool. So that's why there's comedy involved that's in like really a play funny. on words. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> yeah. What you just said. Yeah, no, it's really, it is very funny. Yeah. On a technical level. It's undeniably really funny. <laughs> on an, undeniably, it's very clever, it's witty. Yeah, I wish I could crack up about it. Yeah, but unfortunately, the delivery was extremely <laughs> off. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's no time yeah. for me to absolutely crack up about yeah, that. Yeah, we don't have time to lay on this joke that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> to keep going with it. Um, but, uh, like, he was, like, just a car aficionado, this car guy. And he's like, i got to make a movie. So it's his vanity project. Cool. And it's like he invented the Eleanor, which is this very specific... Mm, uh, Ford Shelby. It's a very specific Ford Shelby Mustang GT whatever. GTO. It's this very specific body shape. Mm. And yes, I just made a beautiful curve shape yeah. with my hands. Yeah. And it's sexy. It's, it's a sexy, sexy car. car. Hot rod it's inspired. A hot rod. It's yes. beautiful. My rod is a number one currently thinking about this gorgeous <laughs> car. <laughs> but he, he he owns like the copyright of that. So he makes this movie called Gone in 60 Seconds, uh, which is... It is kind of amazing because it is early independent American cinema, but not in the way like people that would, not in like that American new wave way. He's not part of a club of filmmakers. He's not John Cassavetes experimenting with film, but this film does feel feel experimental because they don't have like the technical know-how to make things. So there are scenes where it's just all these amazing procedural close-ups or... Um, uh, process stuff of like when they're like dismantling cars mm. and like putting like picking locks and stuff like that where it's all these close-ups and then just narration kind of explaining what they're doing in that kind of classic heist film way mm. and so it's kind of like a progeny of all of that stuff and in that in that they also he had access to all these cars and he destroyed he destroyed 93 cars in a 40-minute car chase. So the whole film mm. is like this weird thing that leads up to a 40-minute car chase with him driving the... Uh, is he in the movie as He well? is the writer, producer, director, oh, and star of the God. movie. So, so true vanity project. It's a Wizzo thing, but it's much cooler than The Room. It's like, it's more... It's not as fun as something like The Room because mm. it is quite competent and it has amazing car chase. This 40-minute car chase is like, I would say, as far as 70s car chases go, it's French Connection and this, you know? Oh, wow. Really, it's special. Mm. Stuff like The Driver as well. Mm. But it's really interesting and fascinating the way that it exists, but is also just this boring movie. But he just had like heaps of cars uh, to make it. And this, it's interesting because it's like this weird... Po- he's Polish... Polish, he's from my, his parents are migrants, and like there's this Polish wedding in it. His character's name is one of the funniest character names, Mandrian Pace, because <laughs> he's the main character. And he made two other films, and both of them, one of them is basically a recut of this film with a new car chase at the mm-hmm. front. And then another film is basically he's playing himself, and there's people that are jealous that he's made this movie. <laughs> It's kind of weird. He's kind of fascinating. He tried in the 80s to do a sequel, The Gone in 60 Seconds 2. Um, oh. But tragically, he got, he got hundreds of cars again that he was going to destroy. He was making a sequel to this. A stunt went wrong and he died. Oh. He died instantly. And um, he, there's people have, like, this is like a big cult movie. And his wife, Denise, has always 
try to make to honor his legacy mm. and eventually that leads to the year 2000 coming around Y2K not happening and they go okay we can start <laughs> making movies again <laughs> and we're going to do it the old fashioned way go back to the 70s and make a hectic car movie <laughs> That's crazy. What a fucking weird history. I had no idea. Yeah, it's it's wild. And I think I kind of wouldn't recommend this movie off the bat to people, but I think you personally would find it interesting because I know you like that Vanity Projects mm-hmm. type thing. It's got slightly weird experimental 70s style filmmaking. It's got that really gritty, uh, like gritty... Uh, Los Angeles setting as well that I know you love. Yeah, Very grimy. Dude. It's even got a ma- one of the mayors, like LA mayors is in it playing himself, <laughs> talking about the car chase. So it's like all these like weird things. All the acting sucks in it. Like there's no, there's not like a good charismatic actor in the movie. But... Well, you're telling me H.B. Halicki is no, <laughs> he's no Nick Cage. Is what he's no Nick Cage. But I think that there's enough in there for you in particular to find it interesting enough. And that 40-minute car chase, just watch that. It's, it's fucking cool. That sounds up my alley. There's a, on the Wikipedia page for it, there's a link that says Inside Jokes. Inside Jokes? What's that all Let's about? click it. When Mandarin is first letting Atlee... About the new contact. Okay, no, this yeah, is Yeah, these jokes These suck, are not dude. jokes. I'm having a quick squeeze over these jokes. These jokes <laughs> yeah. absolutely suck. Hang on, man. there's one here where it's like, okay, an inside joke is that, much like this show's Top Gear, but he's the Stig. <laughs> <laughs> Prehistoric era. He's a Stigosaurus. Wait a second, that's written there on the Wikipedia? Yeah. He's the Stigosaurus? Well, I guess there's one technically Holy funny joke hell, in the movie. I mean, that's really funny. I mean, we've got to give it to them. That is... <laughs> But it is funny in that inside joke way. Yeah. And one of the cool things about this movie that you would love, and it's just a beautiful detail, is the cast list of this film. Top build, H.B. Halicki. Great. He's playing Mandrian, the main character. Yeah. He, of course, is top build. Second build, <laughs> Eleanor. The car. The car. Oh, wow. Truly. And look, even on the Wikipedia, the IMDb, all of that shit, look at this. Eleanor, starring Eleanor. That's crazy. Second build. Oh man, I do. I got to say, I kind of want an Eleanor after watching. Uh, yeah. After watching the reboot. Well, shall we? Let's dive into the reboot. I'm gonna have to go old school. A day to shop. A day to prep. Surprise attack. Nice. A little trick I learned in the car thief retirement home. By the time the first cars reported stolen. Almost. Your ship set sail. We do this, we do it my way. I was just a sucker for a redhead. You break it, you buy it, my friend. (laughs) Okay, let's run. Sixty seconds. Gone in sixty seconds from the year two thousand, directed by Dominic Senna. Ice cold, hot wired. That is a hectic tagline. That's an awesome tagline. If that was on the DVD cover, I'd yeah. be like, okay, cousin, I believe you. This is going to be a hectic experience that I we're might, about to share. I'm going to get it tattooed on my fucking <laughs> lower back. Right above those two zeros. <laughs> right above those two zeros, but quite a distance away from that tiny third decimal point. 
<laughs> Upon learning that he has come out of retirement to steal 50 cars in one night to save his brother Kip's life, former car thief Randall Memphis Reigns. I love when a character has the name of an American city as yeah. their nickname. You yeah, dude, you're going to love Zombieland. Oh, shit. They all have it. And Zombieland 2, double tap. <laughs> <laughs> Former car thief Randall Memphis Reigns enlists help from a few boost-happy pals to accomplish a seemingly impossible feat. From countless car chases to relentless cops, the high-octane excitement builds as Randall swerves around more than a few roadblocks to keep Kip alive. Keep Kip. (laughs) Keep Kip. Keep Kip. That's gone in 60 seconds, which, by the way, I'm on the uh, IMDb right now. A bit of trivia for you. Did you know that in Greece, the title was translated to come in 60 seconds? (laughs) Actually? Yeah. Hectic. Yeah, that's awesome. If you were young and you saw that, you'd be like, okay, I'm getting this movie out and I'm not going to return it. Thank you very much. Me and my cousin are sitting here and going like, bro, have you heard what this movie translates to in Greek? (laughs) It's actually even more hectic. Oh, like you said, I hadn't seen this movie since then. It's barely appeared in my brain. I've forgotten it existed, basically. Mm, mm. And watching it now, honestly, this could not be... Like, this feels like fucking destiny that this is what we chose to kick off yeah. our 100-episode mega series mm-hmm. Because there, every technical thing about this movie, I felt like I was watching a movie that was specifically made for you and I. Definitely. From the cast, not just Nicolas Cage, the entire supporting cast is full of people that we have described a lot on Mic Check as people that when they appear on screen, they fill me with an unbridled sense of joy. (laughs) Every single character actor in this movie, every single cast member in this movie is someone that causes that feeling for me. The first thing that you see in this movie... Is something that we talk about a lot, which is when people construct photoshopped versions of family photos using the actors' heads at different ages and stuff. Yeah, or like stills from different movies that they're in and they're merging mm-hmm. them together. It's always one of those things that I understand why it exists in yes. a movie. It exists as visual shorthand to go, oh, okay, I guess Adam Sandler and Andy Samberg are related. Yes. And this movie is showing me in two seconds that they are father and son. Yes. This is showing us that Giovanni Rabisi and Nicolas Cage are brothers. And yes, I would believe that because and they're Francis both. Francis Fisher. Oh, no. Who was it? Uh, Grace Zabriskie is their yes. mother. And you know what? Awesome. I get it in two seconds. Every single time I see it, completely takes me out of the movie. Always. Every All I time. can think about is. What for? Like, where do they get these photos from and composite them together? Yeah. How hard was it to find a body shape and a head that matched, and like the the position of everything matched? Whose job was this? Yeah. Are they happy with the job they did? It's, it's <laughs> nothing is more breaking or verisimilitude than that exact thing, and it happens in so many I movies. Got it after like like movies have been around for freaking yonks. Yes, man, almost one hundred years since the first movie oh, was made. Don't say that number. <laughs> Don't, because I'm going fucking Gaga right now. Lady Gaga. I'm going Lady Gaga. Cameron is choking on his tongue and drooling currently. (laughs) Because it's just that technology to make fake photos Mm -hmm. has improved so much over 100 years. And let me just say, it's never gotten better in a movie. I've never seen... I very rarely have... If I've seen it in a movie, 
and I've not noticed it, that's when it's good. And yeah. I've never, I can't give you an example because I've not noticed it. I think it's because we know the stars. Often. Yeah. So we're often like primed to... A movie starts and we see a fake photo of Nick Cage and Giovanni Ribisi yeah. as brothers. Immediately in our heads, we're like, they're not really brothers. They've never hung out when they were teenagers together. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just Nick Cage and from if- Peggy Sue Got Married. <laughs> and if they did, they weren't hanging out with Grace Zabriskie. <laughs> Okay, maybe I'll buy Giovanni Rabisi and Nick Cage hung out a couple yes, times as teenagers. Yes, of course. They would have because they're both Italian-American actors that no one thinks of as Italian-American. But if you... There's the odds that Grace Zabriskie was also hanging out with them? And at their graduation or something? <laughs> hundred to one. hundred to one. Maybe even a thousand to one. And let me tell you, hearing those numbers over <laughs> like, and over obviously, again... Obviously, obviously yeah. I'm going don't even need to go into psycho, it. dude. <laughs> I'm psycho. I'm leaking right now, dude. That's all I can say. <laughs> but then not only that. So we've got not just it's not just one picky. Yeah. The opening credits, opening titles, a hundred of them. <laughs> it goes for so long. It goes for like probably four or five minutes. Yeah. It's like of that era. I feel like up until about two thousand and six or mm-hmm. maybe two thousand four someone realized that you don't need to start a movie with a title sequence. Yep. Someone was like, what the fuck have we been doing for 75 years? Yeah. Why? <laughs> we don't need four minutes at the start for people to like go, oh, just get to sit here and watch yep. names. Yeah, I love Let's the names. Let's start the fucking movie. Start the flick. This movie absolutely predates that uh, revelation. It's mm-hmm. it's four minutes of just like you're watching the a crawl, basically, of just Nick Cage... A scrapbook that someone's put together, a psychopath style of yeah. Nicholas Hage's head on a teenager's body with <laughs> Giovanni Rabisi <laughs> and Grace Zabriskie and some just old man that doesn't exist in the movie. But not only that, it's scored with a Moby song. Yeah. So you immediately know, thank you, this is a film set in the year 2000. Yeah, thank you very much. So, congratulations, guys. You were around in the year 2000 and mm-hmm. you got to make a feature film. Yes. So already we've ticked two boxes yeah, there. Yeah, Moby on the soundtrack, mm-hmm. fake photos being displayed of Giovanni Ribisi and Nick Cage as brothers. Awesome. And I would also let now... I'm ticking cast boxes here. Grace Brisky, every time she yeah. pops up, yeah. thank you very much. Twin Peaks and Seinfeld, I will love oh her forever God. for that shit. Dude, I just want to, you know what, because we're going to talk about this plot, can we start by talking about the cast? We're yes. already there. We're talking we're about their friggin' there. names mm-hmm. that we just luckily got to witness scroll by over four minutes, <laughs> all set to the pounding minimalist electro rhythms of yes. Moby sampling. An old gospel song. Yeah, and we're like, holy shit, this actually is the sound of my youth. I love this shit. Yeah. This is what I think about. I actually will admit, live on air right now, hand to heart, <laughs> I like Moby. I still listen to Moby every now and then. Really? Not the new stuff, but the old stuff. It reminds me play. of a kid. You listen to play. I listen album. to play. Only play, <clears throat> basically. It's the only one. The Born Identity, that mm. kind of stuff, mm. Mysterious Ways, that song. Holy yeah. snap, dude. Whenever I'm walking away from something, I play that. <laughs> Always, always play. <laughs> I play rock yo, don't stop yo, to the beat yo, yeah. but I rock yo every oh, time I do freaking anything, man. Yeah, always. It's a song playing in your head constantly. Yeah, it's playing right now. You it's can probably hear it over the freaking <laughs> podcast because my headphones are on and it's blaring body rock. Yeah, you're like you're like Baby Driver but early Moby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't have a car, so yeah. I'm just in Ubers all the time. <laughs> 
All right, so this cast, Nicolas Cage, obviously we know that. He plays mm-hmm. a character called Memphis Reigns. Awesome. awesome. Come on. And I love his understated movie star performance. It is a good, typical of Nicolas Cage. We have so many weirdo jokes and like there's times where he's talking to Eleanor him, like, mm-hmm. and he's like joking around like, oh, actually, I know that you're listening to me. It's very Nicolas Cage talking to inanimate objects, which is like the Andy Samberg impression <laughs> yeah. of Nicolas Cage. Yeah. So it's like your typical Nicolas Cage performance, but it's cool. He's a movie star. He's a little bit laid back, a little bit reserved. Yeah, he's got blonde hair mm-hmm. and um, he's clean shaven. He looks like a hundred bucks. He looks, which is one of the sexiest of us. So he looks gorgeous. Yeah, he looks he looks tip top. I reckon maybe this is peak like good looking Nick Cage, mm. right? And um, it's awesome because when you watch it, you go, "Oh, I see why he was on every poster for my entire childhood, yeah. like, and on every billboard." Because he's so captivating when he's reined in, mm. and only a few years after this, he would just go back to being absolutely batshit insane mm. and become a punchline. Yeah, but he kind of like. I think he's proved that he can do whatever he wants. Absolutely. And it's really, it's weird talking about this because this is action star Nicolas Cage. Mm. So it starts with The Rock. Yeah. And in The Rock, he kind of plays like, I guess, like the nerdy character yeah. in that. He's a bit wackad- wackadoo in that. Wackadoo. But then you've got Face Off and even more so Con Air and then this where he becomes hot. Like in a real sense, he gets big. He gets sexy, he gets exciting, he builds his body up and becomes like a leading, like a real action leading man after this. Yeah. And it's really, even though it's like, that's a big set of movies, Face Off, The Rock, and Con Air. (laughs) Yeah, he's got a big set of movies. (laughs) Oh my god, the guy has a big old set of movies. He's got a big set of movies, this guy. Got like a big old honking set of movies up there, dude. <laughs> a couple of big flash movies. <laughs> but that's like a big set of movies, and that's like a big defining part of his career. Yeah. Defined era. But what you don't think of him as an action star at all. Because no. he that huge prestige period of his career of big, big, big sets of movies. <laughs> is so outweighed by the later part of his action career of dog shit movies filmed in Bulgaria with illegal money and stuff <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, I know. It's so true. I feel like he he made a point early on. He'd done all these indie movies mm-hmm. and fucking like, cra- like been nominated for Oscars yep. for really great performances. He won an Oscar for Leaving Las Vegas yeah. around this time. Around this time, yeah. And I think he made a choice. He was like, you know what? I've always wanted to be fucking John Wayne or yep. like... Bruce Lee or something. I'm yeah. just, I'm just want to be an action star. I yeah. want to be Superman. Yes, I want to literally. Play, I want to be Kal El. I want to be Superman. And I want a photo taken of me wearing the suit where I look absolutely <laughs> fucked up. I've got long hair. I look like a psycho. But I think his whole this era of his career was all like, I actually wish I, I could be Superman or I could be in that. Yeah. I don't know when that movie was supposed to come out, but I feel like mm. this is around that time where he's like, I'm a hero, and then just at a certain point. He stopped caring. Yeah. He's like, eh, maybe whatever. I'll just do whatever. But he made, as we all know, he's made some silly money decisions. Yes. <laughs> he bought a fucking pyramid and He stuff. bought a pyramid. He bought a T-Rex. He bought Action Comics 1. He also... He bought the most haunted house in America. Yes. And he it was foreclosed on him several months afterwards. <laughs> so he's no longer the owner of the most haunted house in America. Um, and he, he Superman 1. He's Fusion Superman <laughs> one. He owns that. The other, th- like I, when I play movie trivia, when I host movie trivia, 
one of the things I do is I ask true or false questions about Nicolas Cage because you can make up anything and it sounds believable. Mm. Like I mm. wrote a question that he was married to Priscilla Presley and everyone believed it because <laughs> in their head like, oh, he, but then I'm like, no, he, he married Lisa this. Marie. Uh, Which yeah, also yeah, yeah. That sounds made up He made yeah. Lisa Marie Presley That yeah. sounds made up You can make up Anything about him I made up that He um, Every day First day of shoot He gets a He has a smudging ceremony Where they burn Burn sage <laughs> And every single person Believed it And I have to google it myself <laughs> To go like Is that true Do I have to make sure <laughs> You can make up Anything about him That's why it's so fascinating Because he's just like He's kind of like This blank canvas But it's Like the canvas Is like a weird shape yeah, so it's, it's like coffin shaped. Yes, or a skull or something. Yeah, something cool. Like, like um, Ghost Rider. Yeah, I think Ghost Rider might have been the nail in the coffin mm. of him because it was a bomb. Yeah, I think that might have been around the time when he was like, "Ugh, all right, whatever. I've done yeah. it. I've won Oscars. I've been a big movie star." I'll just do whatever now for yeah. a little while. Now let me make the season of The Witch a movie where I hunt a witch or something. Yeah, who cares? Who yeah. knows? Crazy stuff. So yeah, he's he's like obviously the lead in this. Giovanni Ruiz, we've already mentioned him. Mm-hmm. I not so much anymore, but there was a period in time there where I would have said Giovanni Ribisi is one of my guys. Giovanni Ribisi is the most sickest, hectic actor at this exact point in time because he's like this cool, young, exciting star. He could. He's doing character actor stuff. He's in mm. big movies he's as in well. Friends. He's in Friends, he's playing Phoebe's weird brother. Yeah. And he's doing yeah character actor shit. Yeah, I there was a time there where I was like, Giovanni Ribisi, one of the coolest. He's our our generation Steve Buscemi. This Absolutely. guy rules. Yeah. He's sick. And then I just like haven't thought about him in maybe ten years. Now. Yeah, I think when everyone found out he was a uh, Scientologist, Scientologist yeah. and everyone was like. Oh, sorry, not Tom Cruise. So you know, or John Travolta. So I don't care about you anymore. Whatever. Yeah, it's like, all that weird. weird stuff. What happened to him? Like, cause he was pretty cool. Yeah. This movie is full of people that you go, oh man, they were fucking hot at this time yeah. too. Like Timothy Oliphant. This is right in the Timothy Oliphant uh, mm-hmm. like pocket there, where yeah. he was doing movies. Yeah, Scream Two yeah, and Scream stuff like 2 that. Two was out and all this shit, and like he was like young, good-looking guy, probably being built up to be an action star in yeah. this movie, especially. Then he kind of disappeared, and then he sort of like earned his love and respect back on television on yeah. uh, Justified and, and Deadwood, Deadwood, and then Santa Clarita Diet. And yeah. now he's he's one of my favorite actors. Now he's great. I love him. He but, tried to do Hitman, dude. Yeah, he tried to do Hitman. Yeah, but this, and guess what? It was a Hitman. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my review for the film. This movie has a couple of your guys in it. Yes, and I'm going to start now by giving you the name mm-hmm. of. One of your absolute guys. Yep. <laughs> it's going to be somewhat rude. <laughs> I was going to give you a real one, and then I saw another name on the list, and I'm like, yeah, I'll give him that one instead. I'll give you the real one, because he called my boy. <laughs> and I saw that little flicker of the light in your smirking. eye. No, a real one, yeah. all right? Robert Duvall is in this Robert movie. Duvall, yes. Tom Hagen. Every movie of this era has to have an old cunny from The Godfather in it, in a crime flick. And he is perfect for this. I think it would have been better if it was fucking James Caan. Well, because uh, for, for reasons that I will... And now was reveal, that going to be the fake out Yeah, one? the fake out was that your, one of your guys is Scotty Khan. I love Scott Khan, dude. I can't <laughs> help it. I can't help it. He is of the loins of one of the coolest and my favorite actors of all time. 
James Caan, Sonny Corleone from The Godfather, and I love him. And in this movie, I was like one of the first notes, the first time we introduced this character, he says something that blew my fucking mind. I was like, did this guy invent this in this movie? Where he's like, yeah, I'm doing this cool new trick, man. And like Scott Caan, he's not, his father's very tall, he's shrimping. And I love that about him. He's got this kind of like short man energy about him. Yeah, he's like little, this- he's little, but he's like, He's muscular. He's little. He's muscular. He's got great hair. Scott Kahn has fucking great hair. This like kind of cool. He's always Shut got this up. cool slick. I'm being so Shut sincere, dude. Up. I'm not being what? ironic whatsoever. I know, I know you're not being ironic. You're obsessed with his hair. I have opinions on fuck? Scott Kahn's hair, dude. Not a big deal. It's not like I'm revealing Scotty some. Scott Kahn famously has the most beautiful hair in Hollywood. Other actors will look at his head of hair and go, "My God, I wish I had Scotty Kahn." I call him the hair, dude. I think I, when I think of hair, I think of Scotty Khan. I, I'm not revealing something new about myself, like some secret, like oh, would you believe Alexi likes Scott Khan and he's obsessed with Scott Khan's hair? No, if you had to guess, that would be something you write down about me. It would be a chapter in DVD memories, <laughs> and it wouldn't be a surprise. You're like, oh yeah, of course, I was looking forward to reading the Scott Khan chapter about Scott Khan's hair. <laughs> But he, um, he, I love him, love him, love Scott Kahn. But in this, he's like, I've been doing this cool new trick. Um, yeah, I sit on my hands, uh, it gets all numb. 15, and then, 20 minutes. Yeah, that's a long time. That's a long time. And <laughs> it goes purple numb. and just like, can't do anything. <laughs> and I rub one out with it. And this other background character who doesn't get any other lines mm-hmm. in the movie goes, what do you call that thing? And Scotty Kahn goes, I call it the stranger. And the background guy goes, stranger, huh? Hmm, I got to remember that. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> and it's... you're like, oh, this is going to pay off something later. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's just that guy probably jerks off later after sitting on his hand. It's like a, <laughs> one of those... It's like something like Titanic where they're like... Um, you see them going like, oh, yes, who's this amazing artist you're putting stuff off? Picasso? He's never be anything. It <laughs> has that feeling was like... <laughs> Fuck, this guy invented the stranger. They all blow it off. <laughs> it's so funny that you you sent me a message saying, like, the, one of the first notes you wrote down when you watched this movie was mm. Scott Kahn does the stranger monologue. A- as I was watching it, I got that message. You were giving <clears> the stranger. And I was like, <laughs> the stranger. Man, around this time was when I first started hearing about the stranger. It would have been this it's invented like upon this era. This movie might have been the first recorded incident of the stranger, like I reckon, Reservoir Dogs for years, people have said, "Oh, Madonna's like a virgin." Yeah, is her account of being uh, fucking a guy with a big dick, and yes, a it big makes schwanz. her feel like a virgin, a yes. big schwanz. Yeah, and I reckon Reservoir Dogs was the first movie to put that yes. on, the, on the record. Yes, this movie was the first one to ever go. You know, what? no one's ever documented the stranger. Yeah. And I reckon Scotty Khan would have brought that to the table. Yeah, it was in his audition. They would have gone, have fun with this. Have fun with the script. Don't be married to the words. He would have been like, oh, I'm not married. In fact, the words are a stranger to me. Hang on a second. Let me roll. Roll up, roll up. I've got an idea. (laughs) Do you think any kid did this for their night or audition in the year 2000 or 2001? Yeah. Like, do you think Jamie Jury or someone doing this? <laughs> this is their night audition. But let me ask you another question. Do you reckon there's someone out there who legitimately, if they were asked, who's your favorite actor, they say Scott Khan? <laughs> <laughs> I think that if it's not me, it's no one. So I don't think there's anyone. I think, like, I'm maybe the biggest Scott Khan fan in the world. <laughs> and it's just because he came out of his dad's winky, dude. <laughs> 
His dad's his dad's elongated pole. His dad's beautiful number one. <laughs> He's actually a number one. I reckon this whole podcast is us going through this cast list. Who else is there? Man, it's it's such an insane cast. Um, Angelina Jolie is. Mm. A side character in this movie. It's weird watching what this because she's she's on the poster and stuff. Yeah, and like I remember her in this movie because she's got a very striking look. She's, she's wearing contacts. She looks exactly like one of the twins from Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> Absolutely, because <laughs> she's very she's very thin and yeah. she has like this kind of like bleach blonde dready not yeah. dreadlocks but like this the, kind of weird the dreadlock up. adjacent. Yeah, it's definitely a wig. Yeah, the only actually thing dreadlock I adjacent to. Statham is how I describe. <laughs> The twins in the Matrix movies. <laughs> the, only, the only way I can describe Angelina Jolie's hair is it's somewhere between. All right, picture the twins from Matrix yep. Reloaded. Picture Jack White from I still know uh, Jack Black from I still know what you did last summer, yeah. and also Jack White and Jack White, yeah. and merge those three together. You got Angelina Jolie's beautiful hair in this yeah. movie. It's interesting and it's weird because like I, I I thought that she would be. He's almost like not in the movie. Yeah. It's kind of bizarre because I guess she's... They had a, her for two days. They had her for two days. <laughs> it feels like they had her for two days. Yeah. I guess it's also she hasn't popped as a movie star yet. Yeah. I like, think... what's what's her big um, her big movie star moment? Like, she's uh, been... Dude, holy shit. First episode interrupted? of this podcast is fucking Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie is made for this episode. Like, yeah, it only exists as yeah. us bring it back up because it's everything that we love. And the first episode of this podcast was Lara Croft Tomb Raider where we talked about her. This is her elevation. <laughs> now, that is a pun because that actually... The song Elevation by U2. <laughs> this is not a pun intended, but it's a happy circumstance where it has awoken itself you've, in there. You're very happy with yourself. Very right pleased with myself. So, U2 did this song called Elevation. It's from the Tomb Raider soundtrack. Yeah. And it's like, like like a mole digging in a hole, yeah. going down excavation. Great song, one of yeah. the funniest songs. And ever actually, <laughs> if you need to know a little bit of trivia about me, first song that I ever sung mm-hmm. publicly in front of a group really of people was Elevation. It was Elevation by you too. That's actually one of the songs I listen to most because I think it's funny and exciting. It's and the stuff. funniest song. It's ever got made. funny lyrics. It's Weird Al. It's Weird Al style, but Bono, <laughs> and Elevation. Is her? That's from that song, and I talked about in that episode. It's her elevation, uh, becoming a movie star. Hmm. And honestly, that's probably a joke we made on that first episode. Probably, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Go back a hundred episodes, listen to that one right now. Uh, so yeah, she's in it. Kind of not. Kind yeah, of not she's in it. barely in it, but she's she's great. She's mm-hmm. sort of like you're at this era of Angelina Jolie where she's still being cast as like a. Um, sex symbol, like mm. a nineties sex symbol, and she is the cool girl. Yeah, I think she's, she's cool at this girl. point in time. She's like not the it girl, but she's like the cool girl. She's a bit scary and mysterious. Yeah, she's probably married to Billy Bob. Yeah. around this time, yeah. right? So she's kind of renowned for being a bit kind of like kinky and gothic yeah. and bizarre. She's cooking up with her brother. She's wearing blood on her neck yeah, and stuff like awesome that. Awesome stuff. All that awesome stuff. And that's the vibe that you're getting in this as a mm-hmm. match for Nic- Nicolas Cage. As yeah. a, like a love interest. They go, let's get psycho, sexy twin from Matrix Reloaded. Yeah. Make her scary. Make and her then, always wear a trench coat. Yeah. And then get Angelina Jolie to play against that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we mentioned Robert Duvall, who I yeah, love. I just think he's amazing in this. Will Patton is one of those guys who... Mm. Is just in every movie from around this era. I don't even want to talk about him too much. Like because, Armageddon, he's a he's a yeah. Bruckheimer guy, right? Yeah, he's one of the he's to- in like every Bruckheimer movie. Remember the Titans, Armageddon. 
The Punisher, mm-hmm. just like all this kind of shit. He's one of those dudes. Another one of your guys, Delroy Lindo. Probably actually would be my top 10 favorite actors of all time. He's I great. love Delroy Lindo. He, of course, is incredible in like stuff like Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. I adore him in that movie. Uh, he is... I think his best performance is something I just watched again, Crooklyn, the Spike Lee... It's almost like Spike Lee's Amacord, and he plays the father of this young black family in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And he is... It's a movie star performance by him. And he's one of those character actors that can be a movie star when they need him to be. Yeah. And he actually... The day this episode comes out, the new Spike Lee movie, Death Five Bloods, starring Delroy Lindo as a lead, comes out. And apparently he's phenomenal in it. And he plays like this detective in this movie that's hot after them. And he he's just so... He's just like, he can do anything. He could just like say anything and I'm just fucking into it. Yeah, the guy rules. The guy rules. Chai McBride. Oh, Chai McBride. He's another one of those dudes that I'm just like so stoked every time. Mm -hmm. They're in something, but I also could probably never tell you anything that he's in. Uh, he, the if frighteners go, and pushing What's daisies. And I'd be like, I don't know, man. I couldn't name a single movie, but I also know his face. It's burned into the back of my eyelids. And I know his everything. voice. I know how funny he is. He's a great comedic actor, and he has so many great funny lines in this. He's, this movie is basically Ocean's Eleven, but for weirdo character. It's like Ocean's Eleven, but Ocean's Eleven has several like megastars. Mm. This is like the character actor, blue collar versions of Ocean's Eleven, yeah. contemporaneously coming out around the same time. He very much feels that Bernie Mac role, very funny comedic star role in it, um, goofing around, a bit of a distraction at points. But this is like a, as good as Ocean's Eleven in assembling like this amazing professional heist team. Yeah, it is actually. And it does a better job of it than the Fast and Furious movies do. Mm-hmm. In a decade's time from this, where no, Fast and Furious is the same year. Well, yeah, Fast right and Furious after. comes out, but then I'm talking like the sequels where yeah. they start doing heist movies, where they're like, "Yeah, we need to get a team together and they get fucking Jason ludicrous Statham. and shit together." Yeah. This movie does a better job of it for a car movie. Yeah, Vinnie Jones is in this movie, and it is okay. Vinnie Jones is in this movie, and it's just after I guess Lockstock a couple of years be. before it must be just after Lockstock snatches around this why time why else Mean would Jones be in a movie like in Hollywood mm-hmm. if not for Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels well he lives next door to Sylvester Stallone and yeah he does live in the yeah. same area his house is called Sunshine is it? I like yeah. Sunshine yeah yeah <laughs> But the interesting thing about this performance and casting of Vinnie Jones is for almost the entirety of the movie, <clears throat> he plays someone who does not speak. Who is a mute. He is mute. And um, When I- you think of Vinnie Jones, you probably think of... His voice first. Yes, yeah, so you think of his voice first, his scowl second, and his height third. Yeah, and, and his soccer playing skills. Yes. Probably like seventh or eighth. He's a bean machine. The guy was not very good. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. You think about that kind of thing. You think yeah. about, well, hello there. He's got one of the most fucking... He's got... The guy can say anything. Yeah. Like Delroy, Delroy yeah. Lindo or John Cusack or Ioni Sky, <laughs> the guy can say anything. <laughs> he's interesting and he's just got a fun voice. And uh, it's so bizarre to see him in it playing a silent character. <laughs> yeah, playing like fucking the little tramp. He's like fucking <laughs> little tramping it up. Doesn't say a word. Just does some fight stuff, which is cool because he's also like quite an interesting, menacing presence. Mm-hmm. He's a mean machine. He's a real mean machine. And. It's awesome. But you know what? Because he's like set up as a mute from the very mm-hmm. beginning when they're like making the phone call to get yep. the team. His phone rings and someone else answers it and they're like, 
oh god, how are they going to talk to him? He doesn't even speak. <laughs> like the first thing we know about him is that yeah. he doesn't speak. Yeah. The second thing we learn is that his name is the Sphinx. Yeah. Sphinx famously does not talk because it is a statue. It's a statue. Which... And then he doesn't talk for the whole movie. He's silent. They bring it up again and again and again and again. Yeah. He's silent. And then he gets the end of the movie. The tag of the movie is like a Wayne's World joke. Yeah. Where everyone's celebrating and then he just like does a monologue. And, and it it's is, like an insightful monologue. It's so, it's so. It's like Millie Wauke from fucking yeah, Wayne's World. It is like Millie Wauke, and it's so weird because Vinnie Jones has the best Cockney accent outside of Ray Winston and Bob Hoskins. Yeah, there's there's three Cockney accents: Ray Winston and Bob Hoskins, and they're similar. They're basically the same. <laughs> but uh, if you're if you're a short fat guy, that's how you sound. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're tall and scary, you sound like Vinnie Jones. Yeah, yeah And yeah. he is trying to do a more posh, upper-class English accent, and he's talking in a soliloquy type thing. Yeah, game. it's because it's like the lines they've given him are like, well, the folly of man is actually that yeah. humanity is not as scared of death when we should be, blah, blah, blah. It's like this long yeah. fucking philosophical yeah. thing. And he's doing it in posh voice. I think because they're big words. And I think that's the joke is like, this guy's a real meme machine the whole time. But he's actually smart. He's actually quite... Um, he's quite... He just talks a bit of a plum in his mouth. Yeah. And it's like, it don't work, dude. Like fucking double with Peter Serafina with Darth Maul style or something, yeah. you know? But you know what bummed me out was that like, that's kind of the, the final joke of the movie mm-hmm. is he does this big speech and then Nick Cage goes... Hang on a second. I thought you were from Long Beach. And that's a little... And everyone cracks up at that because it's like he's British and like clearly... They're in Long Beach currently. But you know what bummed me out even more was that the the producers of this movie, I I put the blame solely at the feet of Jerry Bruckheimer, Mm -hmm. didn't trust the audience enough to remember that Vinnie Jones' character was mute. So Vinnie Jones does his long monologue... And then you've got Nick Cage's punchline. But before the punchline, yeah. it cuts to Giovanni Ribisi and he turns to Will Patton and goes, wait a second, this guy <laughs> speaks? Because he hasn't spoken the whole time. The whole movie, this guy's been a freaking mute. The <laughs> guy's fucking ixnade the yeah, whole movie. absolutely kidding me right now because this guy, I don't know if you remember, but he is a mute and he, he just said a whole speech. Yeah. And then it cuts to Nick Cage and goes, I thought you were from Long Beach. <laughs> And I'm like, you ruined, you stepped on his punchline. <laughs> you ruined the joke. You, you ruined the not. joke, but we, we get it. Every time this this guy never gets a fucking word in because yeah. everyone in this movie is going like, this guy doesn't fucking talk. Yeah. That's it. The whole movie is, the, is people saying this fucking guy doesn't talk. There's never a moment where it's like, <laughs> oh, his physical presence is felt. It's always no. just people going like, this guy doesn't just talk. Just a set reminder. Remember, mm-hmm. this guy does not talk and it will come back in a hugely hilarious way at the very end it's if be the Giovanni bu- Ribisi doesn't fuck it up <laughs> on the day and we don't trust the guy he probably's gonna fuck it up <laughs> then there's we've got Michael Pena popping up in oh, this movie oh my god Pena popping up Pena pops up if you got Pena popping up you're popping off in this movie dude <laughs> if you got a Pena pop in I wouldn't pop off watching this freaking movie okay <laughs> then we've also got the villain of this movie mm. an actor that oh we- by the way Master P is in this movie as well oh yeah of the course. movie is insane Master P is in it John Carroll Lynch is in it Grace John Carroll Bruce- Lynch is in this movie yes. I about that Francis Fisher is in it I feel yep. like well, a Titanic alarm uh-huh. I feel like Francis Fisher was in everything around this oh, era oh and she's one of those she is one of those character actors and I was like yes I'm so stoked you're here thank you yeah same same someone called James Duval 
Duvall, who I have no idea if they're related to. Oh, it's to. Robert Duvall's brother or something, I guess. <laughs> it's Robert Duvall's son. But the person you were going to mention mm-hmm. is the villain of this movie. Yep. Who is, uh, you know, one of those actors. I think this is like post Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. That movie comes out. It's a hit overseas, surprisingly. Yeah. And I think this is the beginning of Hollywood realizing that they can just grab actors from the UK mm. who are menacing and threatening and put them in Hollywood movies. Or it, more <clears throat> or like so... like the resurgence of it. I the mean. resurgence of it, because it kind of never ended, but it was always theatre actors, but mm. now it becomes like independent film actors yeah. that this is not what they did in England. Yeah, like they... now they're in blockbusters in America. Like, obviously, it, it still happens, mm-hmm. maybe even now more so than it was in the yeah. early 2000s with... Every Marvel movie is populated by yeah. people that were just on a BBC thing in yeah. the UK. It's always people like David Oyelowo, I feel like, does... I mean, he's kind of going against the grain of this now, but mm. like people like that. But they, uh, Christopher Eccleston, yeah. in this movie, it's like, I guess sometime after Shallow Grave... Would Must have been be. Before Become Doctor Who. Yeah, before Doctor Who, I think... Yeah, so it must be Shallow Grave... Mm-hmm. And then they cast him in this to be the big bad. Yeah. And about, it's about <clears throat> just under a decade in between that, I think, these two things. Yeah. Yeah. And they go, all right, we want you to be like British in this. Because yeah. now British, cool, British, scary. British can be scary now, okay? Before British <laughs> menacing in the kind of like funny way. But now British Before can be... Basil Faulty. But yeah. now Lockstock and Too Scary. Yeah, but barrels. now Basil Brush. <laughs> and you're going to be a Basil Brush style villain in this one. <laughs> And so, <laughs> Christopher Eccleston's great in this. Mm-hmm. It's also probably, like, if I think about it, a rarity for him to be in a Hollywood movie, yeah. right? He was yeah. in Thor 2. Yeah. I think he's the baddie in Thor 2. He is the baddie in Thor 2. He plays, like, a ice giant type thing. Yeah, or like some bullshit some troll. Elf. He's a fucking elf or some shit. Covered in makeup and shit. I think he hates it. I, yeah. Like, he doesn't even... I don't think he likes being typecast. And um, I know that's why he left Doctor Who, because he only did one season of Doctor Who, and I think he's really good in it. I'm not a big Doctor Who fan, mm. but um, I've seen all of his work on it, because it was only 13 episodes. And um, he's great in that, and I think he doesn't like to be pigeonholed. And I think that... <laughs> Rumours are just otherwise. <laughs> yeah, apparently um, <laughs> Richard Gere likes to be gerbiled. <laughs> That's what I've heard. I don't but know, right? I think he's really fun in this movie. He's really fun. He's awesome in it. He's like, it's cool. I read some. I read on uh, IMDb. I think that he wanted to do his Lancashire accent mm. because he'd only ever seen Cockney baddies in yeah. movies, and he was like, "There's other like scummy people, yeah. like people from my hometown, Lancashire, yeah. which is a funny accent." But they can sound scary too. And I think it works. I think it just works. Like it's, the Northern. It's almost yeah. hilarious. It's al- I think this movie, to compare it to Fast and the Furious that comes out just hot on the heels of this, mm. I would compare this really favorably to it. Uh, it. Of course, Fast and Furious has become like one of the most beloved film franchises of all time. Yeah. But I think it's the sequels, not that Rob Cohen one. It's more like the Justin Lin, is that who directed yeah, the yeah. sequels? Um, who, where he really finds the identity of that franchise as being like this really big, representative, diverse, fun, exciting, um, like silly yeah. and embracing of the silly but embracing in like a very hyper macho way mm. this is a bit more classic and the the comedy in this movie 
the jokes and the performances, it all works. It's all funny. Mm. And it's mm. not in a knowing, self-winking way. There's nothing ironic about this movie. Yeah. And it's not even particularly sincere either. It's just like it hits this tone that we don't get anymore where it's just like a funny like funny people, funny things are happening, like funny jokes are being said. There's a couple of comedic set pieces like where they accidentally steal a car that is not meant to be stolen. It's not one of the 50 cars they have to steal in this one night Mm. and it's got all this heroin in it. And then Delroy Lindo as the cop comes and they just have a moment where they're like, they're all playing together. They all want information from each other and they have to like just play a game and then they get Delroy into a car that he's always dreamed about driving and then he revs the car and then all the heroin gets blown away so they can't find it <laughs> and it's just like a weird comedic set piece that is emblematic of what this movie is i think yeah yeah it's also um uh, one of the lines that's stuck in my head is like a funny line mm-hmm. uh, and it's so like the, the brook the brookheimer like house of comedy yeah the way that brookheimer thinks style. of comedy yeah. is usually in the middle of an action set piece um some someone will say one funny line and then mm-hmm. it'll immediately cut away to like a huge explosion yeah. or something. The one that sticks in my head is there's a big car chase and a wrecking ball knocks a police car through a concrete wall yeah. and Timothy Oliphant pulls the cop out of the car and goes, are you okay? And the guy goes, I'm fine, I'm fine. And Oliphant goes, are you sure? Because you just went through a wall. Yeah. <laughs> That's Brookheimer comedy right there. It's like... I'm going to say the thing that just happened. And I think that if it was any other actors were cast in this movie, it would not work at all. But you know what? It's like the year 2000. It could have been anyone. It could have been anyone. It could have been John Leguizamo. And I wish it was in some ways. Imagine if John Leguizamo was in this movie. If this movie was Johnny Legs, Joey Pants, and like just, you could, like this movie, you could, it's so built for an all-star cast. Like all those heist movies, any heist movie, just like everyone's got those specialized jobs, but the jobs are not very well defined in this movie. No, no way. No, like in, at least in, in Fast and Furious, they try. They're mm-hmm. like, okay, he's good at stealing. Ludacris is the tech guy. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's further along. Yeah, where it's like know. you know, Tej starts out. Ludacris Tej starts yeah, out. Yeah, he's just as the like, fucking engineer. He's an engineer <laughs> who like helps racers and stuff like that. And but then, then he like by the... five or six, they're like, okay, Tej is actually a tech genius. Who... He's the greatest hacker in the world. Yeah, he's currently. the greatest hacker in the world. Tyrese, they're like, he's the hot guy and mm-hmm. he's funny. Yeah, like his special skill is. He's the mouth. He's, He's the charm. motor mouth of the group. Yeah, He's exactly. like he can charm anyone, and he'll say some funny shit, and everyone mm-hmm. will get distracted. Natalie Emanuel, she's also a hacker. Yeah, she's a hacker as well. Yeah, and also so is Vin Diesel. Vin he Diesel can hack can, everything. Vin Diesel can do anything that yeah, you want. He can this. do all of it. Yeah, but then in this movie, it's like no one has special skills. They're just mm-hmm. all good at like stealing cars. There's one which young... seems easy in this. They can movie. do it in sixty seconds. It takes fuck all time. Yeah, it takes fuck jack shit time, dude. <laughs> You can steal a car in 60 seconds and then you're gone. In and it, it. and there's no... Like, only three cars have alarms on them in this movie. Yeah. For the most part, they just walk up to it, bang, I'm in, click, yeah. click, 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 I'm gone. There's a scene where Chai McBride goes to the DMV and gets all the information that yeah. they need and yeah. pays for it. It's but awesome. then they also have a hacker that can hack into it somehow. Do some, they have a hacker? Yeah, he's like some little Jake Lloyd looking guy. Oh, I don't even He looks remember. like Jake Lloyd. I don't even... Oh, that guy. And Angelina yeah. Jolie sucks his broken finger. Yeah, at that's at the right. Movie. Awesome. It's actually, that guy probably remembers that for his entire life. 
<laughs> that actor that he lives on that moment. Yeah, probably. Probably. It end, It even ends like a Fast and the Furious movie, right? Like they're yeah. in the junkyard yeah. and they're all having a barbecue. and They're literally like having a barbecue. Family. They're yeah. family. They're family at this point. And also, it like the fucking movie ends the way that Fast Five ends where... Mm-hmm. Nick Cage um, and Delroy Lindo, who's his nemesis cop, yep. come to some sort of agreement where yep. they're like, Delroy Lindo's like, all right, cool, I'm going to let you go. Because you saved my life. Because you saved my life. But just don't do it again, okay? But okay. I'm going to let you go now. You're allowed to get out of this business. Yeah. And you can get like, out of this business Thank again. you so much, Delroy. And he leaves. Yeah. That's like... Can't a, wait to see him to Five Bloods. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to the Five Bloods, which comes out really soon. Yep. Spike, it's a Spike Lee joint. Yeah. It's a Spike joint. It's official. <laughs> But it's um, it's it's weird that it's like just before Fast and Furious, right? Mm. And it's weird because I think that this movie is maybe better it's than better. the original. It's Fast It's better and than Furious the first movie. Fast. Oh, it's not even a question of whether it's better than the first Fast and mm-hmm. Furious. It's better acting. The story is less hammy. It's just as simple as, well, my brother's owes money to the gang. I need to come yeah. back and steal fifty cars so they don't kill him. Simple gang premise. It ha- it's filled with character actors that are either of the time hot or s- like future superstars, mm-hmm. or not, at least not at least. Stars. Robert Duvall's about to break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Scotty Khan's about to get yeah. Hawaii Five O. Exactly. Oh, Chai McBride is in Hawaii Five O as well. They're oh, both really? in it. Yeah. So reunion. That's when I watch Hawaii Five O. I'm like, God, oh, my two best friends are back together again. <laughs> yeah, but like you know, it's future people that you love. It's it's a better movie. I rewatched the first Fast and Furious mm-hmm. recently, and it's like, it's like a TV show. It doesn't it's have such shit star. acting. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't have st- like now it does, where it's like Vin Diesel is a megastar. Yeah, and um, he's a super talent. He's a medium talent. Okay, he's awesome. He's one of my heroes. He's Groosh. He's his Groot. He plays Gronk. He has Gronk. I'm Groot, <laughs> and he. Um, I am Groot. I am good actor. I'm Vin Diesel. <laughs> but it, like he's the biggest star in that movie at the time because he's kind of coming off Saving Private Ryan, mm. really. And I, it, there's, that movie doesn't have like movie stars in it. I guess Rob Cohen, the director, mm. he is like an action director. Dominic Senna, the director of this film, he is like one of those guys. B and I just talked about them uh, in the Cool as Ice episode. In that he's like a Big music video director. Yeah, yeah. This is classic era of of music video directors getting the call up. Yeah, he Fincher. Gets yeah, <laughs> like all of them. They're all like you. You made. Have you ever made a video for Marilyn Manson? Yeah. And have you also shot an Adidas commercial? Yeah. You got yeah, the call you, up, dude. dude. You've worked with Dave Matthews Band and Madonna. Come on over, brother. We got a fucking cool action movie for you to direct. You made a TDK ad. You're in. <laughs> You got the job. <laughs> you got the job, dude. And um, he has directed a couple of other movies mm. that is right in the sweet spot of this shit, dude. He is the director of fucking Swordfish. Yeah, man. Yeah. The first suck job movie. Yeah. The first movie where someone hacks and gets sucked. <laughs> Which is, I like, it's, this is, this is I a heard dream that movie. When Swordfish came out, <laughs> that moment in the movie where a guy gets sucked off while he's hacking, mm-hmm. that's the moment that Anonymous was started. Wow. A guy in the cinema was like, holy <laughs> fuck, I'm going to be a hacker. You can get you know? that shit? <laughs> I'll have what he's having, please. I'll be a hacker and a sock recipient, please. <laughs> that was a moment that Hugh Jackman became a star and got Jackmaned. 
<laughs> but this is this. It, I honestly like this. It's hard to come down on a ruling on this movie. Oh, actually, before that, I would say that this movie, as well as like, I can't even tell you the stunts in it. Like, it's just like oh, no, funny it's, lines. It's not really a good driving movie. Mm. I think the cars are really like they fetishize the cars. But they're also that early 2000s car where it's like an ugly Mercedes is what they're talking about the whole time. And where it's just like a boxy stuff like that. Yeah. But the Shelby is really fetishized in this. Yeah, the Eleanor's Eleanor back. is like very sexy car. It looks beautiful, mm. gets a lot of great money shots. And it's enough to make me, someone who doesn't care yeah. about cars, go, yeah, I actually would I love that car. Cars. I don't yeah. care about it. I don't want to fuck that car. I want to fuck Eleanor. But... <laughs> but, <laughs> but and the stunts kind of suck because it's not really a driving movie. It mm-hmm. is literally just like a buddy movie. Yeah. Look at all these people hanging out. Yeah. And they crack wires at each other and break balls and Robert Duvall goes, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great Duvall. That's all I think of when I think of Duvall is like yeah. older era Duvall. Yeah, exactly. Like, the judge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah. about Widows. I think about the judge. It's But it's... I think if I have to give the movie... My feedback now from 20 years later, I think I'm going to go out there and say it's, it's a forgotten gem. Yeah. I think it's of that era of like the Bruckheimer movies. Mm -hmm. This movie should be as enjoyed as the rock still is, or as face off is in an ironic way or whatever, or Con Air. People love Con Air Mm. and I do too. But I think this movie should be in that conversation. It's a yeah. lot of fun and it looks awesome. I would watch this over Con Air any day. I think I would rewatch this before I watch Con Air next, yeah. for sure. Because I, I like Con Air a lot and like this. It's a movie packed full of some of my favorite character actors mm. of all time, like Dave Chappelle <laughs> and um, Steve Buscemi, Danny John Trejo. Malkovich, Danny Trejo. But these uh, this crew here, it's all people that I'm like... I, I'm obsessed with. Yeah. Like, Delroy Lindo, I fucking... He's, like, top 10 favorite actors of all time. Duval, amazing. Nicolas Cage, amazing. I mean, he's in both, so that doesn't win any <laughs> points. But I prefer him in this movie because he gets to do a bit more... I think Nicolas Cage is super funny. And I think that in Conair, he's too much trying to be action... But mm. not in the way where it's like he's not he doesn't have any like comedic moments in that movie to my memory. Come on, dude. He says, Why didn't you put the bonnie back in the box? That's funny. Yeah, I'm laughing. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's one of the funniest lines. I put it up there with turn up to eleven and yeah, stuff like I that. I put it up there with some like it hot. <laughs> That's gentlemen prefer blondes. Of course, those famous lines played by, <laughs> sung by uh, Peter Sellers in those movies. Those famous Peter Sellers. Oh, I'm Panther. Inspector Clouseau from the Pink Panther. <laughs> I like it. Oh, yeah, he's an asphalt jungle out here. <laughs> Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger doing all the funniest lines in the world. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gone with the wind. Oh, fuck yeah. Love to go gone with the wind. Yeah, this whole time was Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, my dear, I don't give a toss. Oh, yeah. 
What the fuck going on? Uh, uh, but yeah, he doesn't get to do funny lines like Mick Jagger would do yeah, in a movie or something yeah. in Con Air. Whereas this one, he gets to like, you know, it's a bit of a character. It's less mm. of a caricature and more of a leading man performance, but allows mm. him to do the funny shit that Nicolas Cage does, which is say weird things and talk to inanimate objects like the car. <laughs> and like, it's actually listening to him in a weird way. Um, but I think that one of the detractors of this movie where... It's a very loose remake of Gone in 60 Seconds. I think that this movie now would never exist the way it does. I think that it came out in the only time where it would favor CGI because it's so prevalent and they're so discovering what they can do with it that um, it should have gone a bit more in that, I guess, uh, I don't want to advocate for danger, but I think that this movie would have benefited from honoring the original film by doing more practical stunt work. Yeah. Like the major stunt in this film is dog shit watching it now. The jump, right? It's this jump across, like along this bridge where there's a traffic stop and there's like this ramp because a semi-trailer's thing is down or whatever. Whatever the And fuck. whatever, how hard to describe it. And over with Eleanor, Nicolas Cage just revs it and drives over it and it goes an unfathomable amount. Yeah, distance. it flies. The car becomes Herbie or... It's the end of Greece, baby. Yeah, it's the end of Greece. <laughs> it's absurd. I, I remember even as a kid, like me and my brothers burst out laughing at yeah. that. Before we even knew things were bad or whatever. Yeah. We were just like immediately burst out laughing at how far (laughs) the thing flew. (laughs) Because it's like... And also it's not just like one long sustained shot. Mm. And I think that it... Having all these like... Just a a ridiculous amount of cuts showing this angle of this car (laughs) flying over like a line of traffic. Mm. It looks stupid. It looks shit. And I watched the documentary short. I bought this on Blu-ray for this episode. Oh my God. Because it was literally cheaper to buy it on Blu-ray than to rent it on iTunes. It was like $5 from JB Hi-Fi. I bought it and I'm like, great. And I can watch it whenever I want now. And let me tell you, it will be semi-regularly. And I will be semi regularly <laughs> watching this sexy movie. But, um, and there's this guy like, yeah, we invented all this technology, so we have to like map the car and it flies and stuff like that. And it just looks shit, looks so unrealistic. Yeah. It's not exciting. Mm. It's all these cut up shots. So you're not, there's no moment where you're like, this is reality. Mm. Uh, you don't have that moment in this movie, in that no. thing. I think if, if this movie was made today or if they made another remake, they would have to. On a HB Halicki. They'd make it practical. Make it practical. <clears throat> and like, yes, HB Halicki did sustain injuries making that first movie. And yes, he did die from stunt from a stunt gone wrong in his attempt to make a sequel. But I think now that now it this would have to be a showcase of stunt work, the way that the Fast and Furious do it mm. or the way that Mission Impossible do it. Yeah. It would be this would be have to be the cutting edge of what you can do with cars or experimenting with it. Like you know, we talked about lockout, how mm. Sylvester Stallone want to invent that improvised fight scene. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they would fuck up and make this movie like improvised <laughs> car chases like the French connection or something. <laughs> I actually read on the IMDB that a big chunk of the large the last car chase was improvised. Mm. And in a way, you can tell because it's like, pff, it's not very exciting. Yeah. The st- like we said, the stunt work is not very inspired yeah. in this movie. Um, and I, yeah, I think that's the one thing it has 
going against it. But yep. I think it visually, it's a good-looking movie. Yeah. It's got that I like music survival, video but... look of mm. like stuff like Hackers or Belly that are coming around at this time. Yeah, I, I like it. Actually, I, I really enjoyed this movie way more than I thought I was going to. Absolutely. I'm yeah. right there with you. I kind of thought that this would be a bit funny, but as soon as that cast list comes up over like... As soon as Moby kicks shit, off, dude. Yeah, that first minute, I was like, I think I'm going to love this movie. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's built for us. It's not built for anyone else. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's built one... for speed, not comfort. <laughs> I think if you're listening to this and you're exactly like us, you will watch this movie. Otherwise, don't watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have an opinion on Scott Kahn and Delroy Lindo, watch this movie. Yeah, if you absolutely don't, like pretty much all of us, yeah, except for us, don't watch it. But I, I recommend it. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I got to say, it's actually put me in a really good mood for going mm-hmm. deeper into the cage because yes. this movie really is a charismatic wonderful grounded performance from the guy mm-hmm. and i love that i've seen that yeah and now i'm kind of like prepared to go deeper on his psychosis yeah and i will tell you i haven't seen any of the other nicholas cage movies well, in what this. ones are we doing we're going to be doing uh bad lieutenant mm-hmm. and bad lieutenant protocol new orleans mm-hmm. very excited about that because the first one is an abel ferrero movie Harvey Keitel, one of my absolute guys. Yeah, Harvey Keitel should have been in this freaking movie, yes. He could have been the Robert Duvall part. Any Robert <laughs> Duvall was probably like they went to every fucking old guy. Yeah. Any yeah, old yeah. guy that was in a Scorsese or Godfather <laughs> movie, they went to. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Hopper could have done it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Could have smashed it. He's an easy riser, dude. He actually would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> it would have made more sense to get him. Yeah, true. All right, so we got... Uh, Bad Lieutenant, mm-hmm. the Harvey Keitel movie. Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Yes, which is an interesting thing for us to cover because it's like this very much name, mm. or even less like this, name only re- yeah, it's remake. It's been rebadged. Yes. Like a car. Yes, exactly. Like in Gone in 60 Seconds. When they rebadge cars. In the original movie, when they rebadge the cars, it looks sick. You would love those moments. Awesome. It's very process process in mind. Uh, then, of course, there's also Werner Herzog, Eva Mendes in that film. And then we are also... I don't know what order we're doing these in yet, so keep on track with our mm. Twitters and stuff. Um, we are also going to be doing one of my favorite movies, Wings of Desire, which was remade as a Nicolas Cage romantic movie with him and Meg Ryan called... City of Angels, Angels, which I have not seen, mm-hmm. but as I mentioned, I do fondly recall the film clip for the Goo Goo Dolls song, Iris, mm-hmm. which had a lot of footage from the movie. And it was that era of music videos yeah. where they would just take characters and scenes from the movie and then they would have the band playing in that same location as mm-hmm. well. U2, Elevation Style. Elevation Style. That's, That's actually awesome. the best version of that. Do you remember that film really, It's one of my favourite film clips. I got the like, edge in there with Lara Croft. Yeah, it's like, this, hello, this is evil Bono. He gets a phone call from Bono. <laughs> Bono gets a phone call while he's gone shopping. He's got a bag full of baguettes and stuff popping out. And he goes, Bono, this is evil Bono. We have the edge. We have the key. You need to come rescue him. That's basically how yeah, the yeah, yeah. starts. And then it's the edge and, and Lara Croft. And then freeze frame. Zhoot, he's dropped his groceries. Yeah. Zhoot, freeze frame. Yeah. Song starts. Wow, 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 wow. The iconic whoa, star. Whoa, Everyone loves that it. song. When I saw U2 live, mm-hmm. that song absolutely it blew the roof off the stadium. Yeah, it was awesome. It. I also saw them live. Oh, it's so good. And it absolutely kicked my dick in. Yes. It, <laughs> it broke my dick. It turned from a one to a naught. <laughs> 
Uh, we're also going to look at the classic Christopher Lee, Edward Woodward movie, The Wicker Man, that mm-hmm. was turned into the notorious Neil Labuth, Nicolas Cage movie. Wicker Wicker Man! The Wicker Wicker Man for a new generation. It's got DJ music in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be... Yeah, see, we are going headfirst into psycho territory. Yeah. So I am glad that we've started here. Yeah. Because this is a nice, charismatic, marquee, mm-hmm. leading man star performance yes. from the guy. And we are literally about to dive into him being California Klaus Kinski yep. and then a meme. Yes. So, and then a romantic lead in City of Angels. Yeah, We're getting true. a weird, a great, like, whole multifaceted version of this. Yeah. And I was doing some research. There's a couple of other ones that, like, I don't think we will cover. But, of course, Sorcerer's Apprentice is based on the Mickey Mouse mm, cartoon. Awesome. Which I don't really want to talk no, about that much. But, care. you know... There is another one that I'd never heard of, but someone in the Sans Pants Discord brought it up. He made this movie called Left Behind, which is a mm. remake of like this trilogy of Christian films. Yeah. And I'm like, that sounds fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah, that is crazy. And so it's a rapture movie, right? It's a rapture movie, I believe. And I believe mm. that's right in the pocket of dog shit era Nicolas Cage, yeah, where he's yeah. like... Paying or, off taxes. Yeah, or going shit. back and making Bulgaria movies and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. We will, you know, maybe we can think about that for Patreon. Mm-hmm. But uh, we won't... We, su- really we want, won't we're not committing sub- to it. No, we won't commit to it. Yeah. But And we definitely won't submit any of you guys to mm-hmm. the fucking Christian movie. Yes, we don't, I don't particularly want to watch it. <laughs> no. But I, on Patreon right now, if you want to head over to patreon.com slash total reboot, you can subscribe for just five bucks a month so you get access to a bonus podcast. We just did one where we did a Q&A. Mm. That'll be coming out next week sometime. Yeah. Uh, it's a Q&A with questions submitted from the Patreon subscribers. And it was very fun because it was also, we've just recorded it. It's the first time that you and I saw each other yeah. in three months. So it is a very fun, crazy catch up between us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We answered a fair few questions, but there's actually way more on the thread. So yeah. keep adding to it. And the next time we do one of these, we'll record another q and I think yeah. it's, it was actually a lot of fun. To I do think that. so. And I, we, it's not like we're not going to do something about Nicolas Cage in the Patreon. Yeah. We haven't figured out what it is yet. It might just be a total respect where we pick four iconic roles that we're not covering here. Mm. I mean, we talked about a few of them. Like, Peggy Sue Got Married is one of the most fucking fascinating performances <laughs> ever. And he's really interesting in it. Um, and, you know, there's so many that we could do for that. So, it's kind of a no-brainer that eventually we'll do something like that for this miniseries. Yeah. So, you can head over there. If you want to keep in touch with us and see what we're doing next on the podcast, because the best thing to do to do that is to follow it on social media. We're on Twitter at Total Reboot Pod. It's also on Facebook. The Patreon also has access to a bonus Facebook group uh, where we're chatting about movies all the time, and we're going to be having some really cool, interesting conversations about Nicolas Cage. I'm already seeing them pop up yeah. with just the announcement of this episode <laughs> and this mega series. Um, also, you're on Twitter and Instagram at I am Cameron James. That's right. And uh, by the way, stand up is coming back. Mm-hmm. So if anyone in Newcastle wants to come see me do some stand-up, I'll be there on the 20th of June. Yes. I'm doing two shows that night. It's me, Luke Heggie, a couple of other people, and uh, it's the first show back from lockdown. So yeah. that'll be a lot of fun. That's at the Happy Wombat. And uh, I'm doing a couple around Sydney as well. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put all that shit up on my Instagram yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It'll be a good way to get back out into the world. Mm. Go see Cammy do some stand-up. Hell Have some freaking yeah. lols, dude. Have a couple of lols, which, by the way, when you spell that lowercase... 
Oh uh, it looks god. like, I mean, my god, it looks like oh one god. big sephiness. Yes. And some, uh, either little, one tit or a hole yes. or a buttock. It's small. It's yeah, a and, and then another thing. So that's and exciting. If you do it capital letters, it looks like a couple of sevens <laughs> upside down, dude. <laughs> yeah. Which is something yeah. I can relate to and find extremely erotic. If you, by the way, if you guys want to tweet at Alexi or Instagram Alexi, he is at this is Alexi. Yeah. And I'd love you to write LOL or 101 or mm. 1010, like a combination yeah. of that to him. So he gets to feel some excitement during yes, the day. Yes, yes. I love it. And no one stuff. will know what it's about. No one else unless they listen to the pod. Yeah. Also, this is our 100 episode mega series. Recommend it to some friends because we've got a huge backlog of episodes to go through. And I will say this. Uh, blank slate. There's been a few episodes that have been available in this feed. They're not there currently. They have been moved because I have literally now, this week, I've discovered all the old missing episodes. I found them all. I've got them all. Uh, we're trying to put them together in a bit of an album that you'll be able to purchase and have like a hundred plus episodes. Hundred mm. episodes plus all the bonuses that we did covering film festivals and stuff. They'll all be available for purchase or something there. You can gift it to a fucking old blank slate fan, an old Slater baby. Um, it'll be all there probably on the Sans Pants website in the next few weeks, but it will come out during our 100 episode mega series all about Nicolas Cage. That's cool. It's exciting. That is cool. Finding them all was like a real treat and hearing like these old episodes I hadn't seen for ages or movies I forgot we reviewed and stuff. God, there's so many, yeah. And all the trolling, I'm really excited to hear that again. Yeah, so that'll be up there soon. So keep your eye out for it. And if you were making your way through that backlog, I'm sorry that's not there right now, but it's because I found all of them and I had to move them from this feed to put them elsewhere. And it's going to be complete for the first time in five in a few years every episode will be there including one that we took down because it gave us finding drago and we took it down so oh, no one yeah. else would find it wow and uh i found that one and i can that's one that i found all the files for so i might even be able to completely restore that episode <laughs> to like the highest quality wow that's awesome yeah exciting exciting so that will be all there soon uh in the meantime, keep on getting locked up in that freaking cage. Yes, dude. Please jump in the cage, lock, reach your arm through the bars, lock the door, mm-hmm. throw that key away. You're not going to need the key. You're not going to need it. Stay in the cage with us mm-hmm. forever. 